proclaiming the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, preparing a people for the kingdom of heaven, preserving a posterity for the glory of God. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Key of David podcast. It's been brought to you by the Watchman of the Wall Ministries. I'm your host, Charles, and I want to, I want to invite you and thank you for listening in. I pray that God has his way. I know by the spirit of the Lord that this is not an accident that you are listening to this podcast. I have prayed and I have trusted that God would lead those who needed to hear the words that we have to say on this podcast to this podcast so that you would be prepared, edified, built up in your faith, strengthened, instructed, given the battle plan of God. And when I say battle plan, I mean it with all of my heart. We live in a day and age where we have to fight for our faith. The enemy is definitely fighting us and he is out there to kill, still and destroy your faith to put you in a position where you are doubting that God is moving in your life. We have a small opportunity a window of opportunity, a window of faith that has been opened to us by the Holy Spirit to speak the word. You have been given an opportunity to hear the word and we need to take advantage of it so that when God speaks, we plant that word deep in our heart that we would not sin against God and that we would take it and use it for his glory and be part of his kingdom and be just like we said at the beginning of the podcast, prepared for the kingdom of heaven. While I'm welcoming you, I want to welcome my partner in ministry, Brother Scott. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, and it's it's a joy and a privilege, as always, to be a part of this podcast. And I'm just thankful that I get to be a part of it, however long we get to do these, Charles. We, we say this often, but you don't know how long we're going to get to do this that devil that you spoke of that's out to kill steal and destroy it's out to shut down any ministry that would dare come against today's narrative if you will allow me to say it that way and uh, i don't know how long we get to do these charles but they're a blessing they're a privilege uh, I'm, I'm so thankful that god has allowed me to have a partner like you to, to be a part of this it's just a wonderful thing walking two by two and um Charles, I, I love that word you said, opportunity. You know, a lot of times we don't know when the spirit begins to move. You know, a lot of times you don't know when the spirit is going to move, when he's about to move, when he's about to open up that door. And when he does, it's a precious, precious opportunity that we shouldn't snarl our nose up, but we should take and walk into that door when we get the chance. But it's a, it's a privilege to be here. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. I was reminded, and you know, it, it's 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 odd that you should say the word door because when I was praying this morning in preparation for the podcast, the vision that came to my spirit was Noah and his ark, mm. and how that before God sent judgment and before the whole world was judged, and the end of that age came, he sent grace to Noah and his family and they built an ark. But when everything was prepared, Scott, God sent Noah and his family into the ark. And it said that the door was shut. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. When once that door was shut, Scott, there was no opportunity. Mm-hmm. There was no chance for salvation. The people that were outside the ark were doomed, and the people that were inside the ark were safe. And I feel as if God is was telling me that we live in a day and age where the word of God is our ark. The spirit of the living God living inside of us is our ark. That if we do not take the time to take advantage of the opportunities that we have right now to hear his voice, to seek his face, we're not going to be prepared and the door will shut once and for all. Mm -hmm. And revelation makes a prophecy, Scott, that says there's coming a day where the righteous will remain righteous, the unrighteous will remain unrighteous, and the last person that's going to give their heart to God will have done so. And, Scott, I want to do all that I can to be ready, be prepared, to take advantage of God's nearness because the Bible says to seek him while he is near and call upon him while he may be found. Yeah. Scott, that signifies there's coming a day where he's not going to be near and a day where he will not be easily found like he is now. And I know that seems to be absolutely foreign to our thought pattern, especially today's Christian. You know, we have been living in the age of grace in the church for so long that we forget that each age ends and when the end of the age comes, then the access to God changes. And right now we have access to God through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. But there's coming a day when that door will shut, Scott. That's right. And prophetically, the opportunity to seek the Lord's face will be over. And I want to make sure that I have done what I can to get each and every person that's listening in to do that, to seek his face, to open that door, to allow the spirit of God to commune with them while there's still an opportunity to hear from God. Each word that comes from God will build your faith, will prepare you for the end, will give you the strength to stand in the evil day against the enemy. When Satan came against Jesus in the wilderness, the only thing that Jesus could use to combat the enemy was the word of God. And it wasn't the word of God that he carried around under his arm, Scott. <laughs> That's right. I know a lot of Christians who carry Bibles around, you know, and they think the bigger the Bible, the worse that they're going to beat the devil up with it. But it's the word that we carry in our hearts that is going to be mm-hmm. our weapons of warfare. It is the word that we carry in our spirit that's going to be the deciding factor of how intimidated the enemy is when he comes knocking at our door will we be able to say it is written just like jesus did or will we be stumbling around looking for a bible when there may not be a bible handy for us to look the scripture up that we need amen oh i like what you're saying it's it's not because we carry a book around under our arm that doesn't make the devil scared the trolls, you can go even a little further. And, and here's another problem today. You know, we will, even if we do read it, there seems to be a big mountain to climb for today's Christians to get in the word, sadly. But even if we do read it, you know, we, we think that, oh, we're doing something now just because we've memorized a line or two of scripture in that book. 
But you see, that's useless too. What what word, what makes that word powerful, what begins to beat up the devil is the word that you're sold on. You know, you know what you know what I'm saying? When you're quoting that scripture, Charles, and, and it means something to you, you believe that passage of scripture, you wholeheartedly are sold out to that passage of scripture and then begin to throw it in the devil's face. That's when that thing has power to rebuke the enemy, not just because we memorized it, not just because we carried it under our arm, but because we went through something. But the scripture says God is good and he is faithful that he will be with us. He will not leave us nor forsake us. And we walked through something hard and rough and mean, but we, we took that scripture to heart and we trusted it with all our soul. That's when it begins to be powerful. And we've, we've lost that. That was free, by the way. But yes, sir, you're absolutely right. Well, what you're speaking about, Scott, is kingdom authority. Yeah. What's missing from the body of Christ today is kingdom authority. You know, the reason why people go to church sick and bound and depressed and leave the same way that they came is because kingdom authority has been lost. Mm. And the Lord told Peter, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And he said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. And by the authority of the keys to the kingdom, you will be able to bind in the spiritual realm and you will be able to change things in the physical realm and bring up what's spiritual into the physical and a manifestation of Jesus Christ in everyday life. And we have lost that Scott. And that's exactly why we are in the series that we're currently in the pursuit of God, because with the pursuit of God, Scott, with that pursuit of an intimate relationship with God through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, do we gain that kingdom authority that you were speaking about where when you speak the word, it speaks life into the realm Mm. and it brings to pass what God has promised and you see results. And that's why this series that we're on today is so needful. It's so necessary is because we have failed to pursue God. And in not pursuing God, we have given up all the benefits that come from that pursuit. Kingdom authority, peace, faith that stands the test of time. All those things that the apostles and the and the patriarchs of old and, and the Christians that we have heard about in our past that have stood the test of time and it went against the enemy and prevailed. We have lost that and we need to get it back. And you get it back by pursuing God, pursuing Mm -hmm. his face, pursuing an intimate relationship with the Holy spirit. This will return that kingdom authority, Scott, that we have lost. So I am encouraged today. I know that we are taking our time on this pursuit of God series. I want to take our time because there are so many people out there that Scott simply think that to be a Christian, all that means is to read your word, go to church, pay your tithes, uh, and try to be a good person. But there's so much more to pursuing God, to giving God your heart, to seeking out the secret hidden manna of the word of God and becoming a productive part of the kingdom of God, becoming something that the enemy 
knows is a threat to his kingdom. Scott, we need people to do this today. That is why I am trying, and I know you're trying through podcasts like these, to reach out to people, to get them to seek the Lord again. You know, I had a scripture pulled up that I wanted to read before we got started and before I had you pray. Found in Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12, state, sow to yourselves in righteousness and reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord until he come and rain righteousness upon you. So it is time to seek the Lord. And I believe the vision that God gave me about Noah, the ark and the door to the ark being shut soon, that Scott, it is time for us to pursue God. It is time not to waste the moments that we have left before the end comes, before the end of the age, before the easy access. And I hope people are getting what I mean by that, Scott. I hope they're understanding with their spirit the easy nearness of God, the nearness of God right now we need to take Mm. advantage of because there's coming a time where he will not be so near. God has to allow the end to come, listener. I want you to understand this. I'm going to ask Scott to pray in a moment, and what I want him to specifically pray is for understanding that God has to allow the end to come. And the only way that the end can come is if sin reaches its fullness and the darkness prevails for a bit till the end can be reached. And God will, it will appear that God will back off, that he will, he will allow the enemy to have control for a little while. And it is those people who, while he was near and while the window was open, And while there was an opportunity to build a storehouse of faith, they took advantage of it because there are dark times coming. It said during the parable of the 10 wise or the the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins that it says, and at midnight, the bridegroom came. So there is a midnight hour coming, Scott. Mm -hmm. And we must be ready. And that's what this is all about. This series, this podcast, the prayer that I want you to pray. Pray that God will speak through us. Pray that our ears and eyes will be anointed and open. Pray that we will take advantage of the nearness of God. And I feel so, such a urgency about the nearness of God and the time to seek the Lord. And I want us to take advantage of it. Scott, would you pray for us? I I will certainly do so. I'm listening to what you're saying and how true the statement we are in. We've gotten so used for years and years now, Charles, with with these. And and I'm going to pray in just a minute. But for, for years and years, we have had such an open opportunity to seek God. You can Leave your house right now and go to a Bible bookstore somewhere and grab a Bible and grab a gospel CD with with no impunity whatsoever. You you can do that. You you can go to the church of your choice right now. And for years and years, we've we've had that just open opportunity. It's always been there. The the easy access that we've had for such a long time. And and I had that very same passage in my mind that you spoke about the virgins. 
because there's there's a, a problem today, Charles. There's there's a tool that Satan would like to use and is using, and it's called the word neglect. And and you yeah. see the five foolish virgins, they neglected to take the opportunity that they had to prepare and get ready. Oh, you know, with, with excuses we make, Oh, it's always going to be there. Oh, the church down the street's always going to be open. Oh, that, that preacher is going to always be there for me. Oh, I can pray anytime. The access is going to be there. And we take for granted the fact that we have this access opportunity door open that we have. That's not always going to be there. And we let neglect set in. And then we begin to, we begin to fall into the problem that the five foolish virgins had is we took it for granted so long that we neglected it. And then we fall asleep. I'm talking spiritually. And then when, when the, when it it does happen, Charles, and it's going to happen when the, when the bridegroom passes by, when the, when the bride party marches through to pick up the brides and we've neglected so long, we miss the opportunity. And they, they, those five foolish virgins, Charles, could not get back into the marriage supper. Read as much as you want. Read as hard as you want. But the cold, hard truth is, is when they missed the opportunity, they could not get back into the marriage. And that's, that's what right. we're saying today. While there is opportunity, while there's a door opener, while there's while the boat is still being built to to, uh, you know, invoke what you said, while the boat is still being built, because once the last nails driven, once the last piece to put on the boat is done, once the people walk into the boat, God shuts the door and there's no more opportunity. I'm sorry to say it's over. You can cry. You can holler. You can squeal. You can you can holler at the top of your lungs. But the day is done. The opportunity yeah. is closed. And, and while we can, boy, I'll tell you, that's what the that's what the spirit's saying this morning. While we have opportunity, let us take advantage of the opportunity. Yeah. Let us no longer neglect to pursue our Lord and Savior with all our heart and soul. God help us this morning. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you that's listening to this. Just as Charles said, it's not by chance, by happenstance, by, by some lucky stroke that you're listening to this podcast right now. Whenever you're <clears throat> listening to it, you've been directed here. You've been led here. You've been moved to get here. God has positioned things in your life to happen in such a way that you arrive here right now listening to this podcast. And he's giving us opportunity. Charles, they they thought that the temple in Israel was always going to be around. It did stand for hundreds of years, but they thought the opportunity to to go into the temple and worship God in the temple was always going to be around. And they neglected the fact that one day it was going to be gone. It was prophesied that uh, an invading army would come in and destroy the temple and, and throw down every stone upon it. But they neglected the opportunity. Charles, today all they've got is a little piece of a retaining wall over there in Israel that they believe is part of the original temple that they go and pray to now in, in, in solace and in depression because their temple is gone. But Charles, today we've got an opportunity because the living temple, Jesus Christ, is still around and we can Amen. still take time. Let us let us pray. Wow. I, I'm telling you, I'm feeling the moving this morning and I hope you take the opportunity. Down deep in my soul, I feel him moving. I feel him reaching. I feel him opening a door to you, ma'am and sir, at this very moment. Whatever trouble you've been going through, whatever demon you've been fighting, whatever problem is in your life, I, I just sense, I, 
I'm going to be bold for a minute, but I just sense that God is bending an ear in this podcast right now with you to listen, to commune, to fellowship while we've got a chance. And we need to take this opportunity. Father, I, I, I thank you this morning, Lord, that you are opening the door once again. God, you're giving us an opportunity to make things right with you, to have our fellowship where we're supposed to have it with you. God, to get anything out of the way that is in the way so we can fellowship with you. Father, I pray this morning, put this put this fire of pursuit in our soul this yes, morning. Lord. God, open our eyes like I know you've done so many times in the past. Open our eyes to the fact that there's a door open right now. And, and Father, you opened it. Only you can open the door. We can't. Only you can open the door, and you've opened it wide for opportunity. Let us take this opportunity this morning. Mm-hmm. Lord, whatever the people are going through on the other side of this podcast, it may be financial. It may be spiritual. It may be a physical. It may be, There's so many things that the devil uses. I don't know what's going on in their life, but you know what? I don't need to know because you know. You know what's going on. You see every struggle that they're going through. You see every tear that they cry. You see every time that they tremble. Father, let them let them feel this. Let them understand this right now. You see every tear that they cry. You see everything that they're going through. And Lord, you are such a good and wonderful God that you want to help them. You want to walk with them. You want to be closer than a brother, than a wife, than a mother to them. God, help us this morning to take this opportunity and pursue you. Put the fire of pursuit burning in our soul. God, in our hearts this morning. Lord, we we need your power and presence lord i'm just crude with crude words i don't i don't have nice eloquent words to say but lord we falter in the fact that we don't have the fire of pursuit in our soul we don't we've neglected it we we would rather binge watch 10 episodes lord of of netflix than crack open a bible for five minutes we've allowed ourselves like a siren song to be pulled away to the cares and woes of this world this morning lord let us focus on you today. Let us focus on you. Lord, let us pursue you like we found the beautifulest woman or man in town and we want them. Lord, let us pursue you. Put that in our soul. God, when you walked down the road in Emmaus with those people, when you begin to speak, you put a burning in their heart yeah. that they could not quench. And that's what we need. We need a road to Emmaus. Right now in this podcast to be built by the Holy Spirit, to put a fire in our spirit, God, so that we won't worry about what the COVID is doing, but what the Christ is doing in these last days. God, we give you praise this morning, Lord. Let us drop every weight and sin that so easily besets us and gets us wooed away. Let us drop it. Break the chains, and Lord, let us fellowship with you. Let us pursue you like you are a piece of gold that is the only piece left on this world. God, let us let us get in into your presence this morning, Lord. I, I'm hurrying, Lord, but I want the people to know, Lord, that we've got to pursue you while there's still time, while there's still chance. Put that fire in our soul. Help each one with whatever they are going through. Strengthen them this morning with whatever need. Let them know that they're not alone. By the Lord. Let them know. <laughs> Let them know that they're not alone and whatever they're going through. Such a power from the enemy this morning, Lord, that he makes us feel like we're singled out and we're alone. But God, let them know that you 
are with them right now at their workplace, at their home, at the hospital, wherever they may be. You are in that room right now with them, and they are not alone, and you are going to help them. We give you praise and glory this morning. God filled Charles's mouth with the word, thus saith the Lord, anointed to speak to the people. God, we give you the praise. Strengthen his body, strengthen his mind, and we give you the praise in Jesus' name, and amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Scott, for that prayer. Listener, I hope you hear the difference in praying and praying with kingdom authority. That is what the pursuit of God is all about. I hope that you are hearing the message that is being clearly given through the Holy Spirit on this particular podcast. The opportunity is there. God is near. He is eager to hear your voice speak to him. He wants to speak to you. Let's take advantage. Let's get that pursuit of God back in us. The pursuit that I'm talking about is mentioned by Paul in Philippians chapter 3. It says in verse 10 that I might know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about those two things. Now, most Christians, most believers, they don't get to the power of his resurrection, much less, much less the fellowship of his sufferings. The power of his resurrection comes from an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's got a little bit of review. We've been talking about consecrated holiness Versus sanctified holiness. Last week we talked about how we should take every opportunity to prepare our hearts for a sanctification process. In the Old Testament, when God instructed Moses to build a tabernacle, a place where God could meet with his people and speak to them, Moses built it according to the instructions that he was given by God. And once he did so, he went in and sanctified the whole tabernacle. And once the sanctification process was complete, God himself sent fire from heaven to consecrate it unto himself. And we are made in the image of God. We are that tabernacle that God wants to turn into a temple of the Holy Ghost. And once we have been saved, we become that tabernacle. And the sanctification process begins at salvation. And you are took on a journey, listener. The pursuit of God will take you on a journey where God will begin to show you things in your life that you need to add, things that you need to subtract, things that you need to be busy about doing and things that you should do no longer. And God begins that sanctification process, just like Moses and the tabernacle. And once that sanctification is complete and your faith is at a perfected level, then the consecration of God falls Mm. and you will experience then the power of his resurrection. Talk about that a little bit. I want to take, our time with this subject because this is a slippery slope and a very (laughs) misunderstood subject. A lot of our listeners, you know, we're, we, we got several different types of listeners. We have listeners that come from a Baptist background. 
We've got listeners that come from a Catholic background. We have listeners that come from a Methodist background. We even have listeners that come from a Pentecostal background. And this subject has been highly misunderstood. The Mm -hmm. power of his resurrection. What I'm talking about is what occurred on the day of Pentecost when Jesus instructed his disciples after he had risen from the dead, Scott, he spent a few days with them and he instructed them right before he ascended unto heaven. He said, go into Jerusalem and tarry until you receive the promise of the Holy ghost, the baptism of the Holy spirit, a consecration that would occur. Now, Scott, this is not new theology. This is not a new doctrine, but it has been labeled and it has been carries. It carries a stigma because of what has been preached and done in the past. Yes. How a lot of people have made it almost an exclusive membership. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, you know, there's people that belong to clubs and organizations and fraternities that have an exclusive membership and there has to be an initiation into that membership, to that fraternity, into that club, into that group. And this baptism of the Holy spirit that I speak about is almost been made to the believers as an exclusive membership for, you know, an exclusive process. If you want to be a member of the Pentecostal faith, then you get this, but you don't have to be a member of this group. You don't have to be a member of this exclusive party. It's just something there. If you want to, it's just available to you. If you desire it, God, there has been a big misunderstanding about, the consecrated holiness that comes during your pursuit with God. Absolutely. And I want to do my best, Scott, to take time on this podcast with your help to explain to the listener that this is not just another experience that you can have that is not open to you Uh, but only the Pentecostals, only certain denominations, because even the Pentecostals have lost sight of what this truly is for. They think that it's the end-all, be-all of their walk with God when it's actually the first step to the consecration holiness process that God wants to begin in every believer's life. Amen. Amen. Well, let's, let's, as you say, let's take our time for a moment because This is a slippery slope, and we want the people to understand that on this podcast, we're not pushing a certain denomination. Now, we can't help the fact that a certain denomination uh, might talk about this, uh, although badly, and they might represent this, although badly and wrong. We can't help that maybe a certain denomination does believe in this baptism and does preach this baptism. We are not pushing that domination. What we're going to tell you is what the word says. And Charles, it has been misused. It has, he has, let me, let me use the right pronoun. He has been misused. 
he has been mislabeled. He has been misrepresented. And it, it has been made such a laughing stock because of the misrepresentation and mishandling that the church has done that we, we relegate what we're talking about here to one certain denomination, the Pentecostal denomination. And, and for a large part, like you said, it's got a stigma to it because it's been mishandled and misrepresented. I'm, I'm emphasizing these words that people are, are afraid of it. People make fun of it. People relegated over here to a bunch of crazy as you know, you've heard this term, holy rollers. They, they relegated over here to this term of holy rollers and, and this wild and crazy bunch. I don't, I don't want that. That's crazy acting. And, and we've relegated it to that. And it's going to be our job today as best as we can with the help of him, the Holy Spirit, to explain that this is just not something here for you if you want it. It's not what you've seen on TV and, and radio, but it is an, it's a must-need experience. It's a must-need step in our journey that we must have in these last days. Charles, would you agree with that? Absolutely. I want the listener to understand that in your pursuit of God, if, if you've been following this series, if you've been uh, attempting to pursue God in the past, if, if you have listened to our series and you have made a decision that you want to pursue a more intimate, deeper fellowship with God, get back to what being a Christian is truly all about is pursuing God. And I'm going to say that again. I don't want anyone to misunderstand me. A true Christian will have a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. A true Christian will not reach an apex in their walk where they're completely satisfied with where they're at and stand still. Scott, we have so many believers today who are satisfied with mm -hmm. just going to church on Sunday and reading their Bible a little bit, maybe saying their prayers before they eat or before they go to sleep at night and being a good person and thinking that that's what being a Christian is all about and that there was nothing else to pursue and that all that they are called to do is believe that Jesus died on a cross and rose from the dead, ascended unto the Father, and he's coming back again. These are all true statements. This is a fundamental truth of Christianity. You cannot be born again unless you believe that Jesus Christ was crucified, buried, resurrected, ascended, and will return. But a true Christian will say, God, I read in your word how you desire in Revelation chapter 3 for me to open the door of my heart and allow you and the Holy Spirit to come in, Jesus, and sup with me, and me with you, and commune with me, and me commune with you, and for me to grow in my grace and faith, grow mm -hmm. in my walk with God. Scott, a true Christian will hunger and thirst for a deeper relationship with God, and in their pursuit for a deeper relationship with God, they will have to make a decision. And that decision is, is, will they experience the power of his resurrection? You know, mm. Scott, I've said it this way. So many people have made the journey to the foot of the cross. They've walked the road 
to the cross. You know, the Via Della Rosa is what they call it, the way of suffering. They have made their way to the cross. They have accepted Jesus as their personal Savior. They have made that confession with their mouth. And they have received and accepted salvation from the Lord. But very few Christians have made the journey from the foot of the cross to the empty tomb where the resurrection occurred. Absolutely. And the real power of God does not show up until the resurrection. Let me tell you something, listener. I hope you understand that when Jesus died on the cross, he died alone. It Uh said that God turned his back on him, that he couldn't look at his son being crucified, that the spirit that Jesus was anointed with, and I feel the Holy Ghost on this, Mm -hmm. Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit. We are to walk after Jesus, and Jesus was baptized in the Holy Ghost. It said that when he went and was baptized in the water by John the Baptist, that the Holy Spirit descended from heaven and lit upon Jesus. He was baptized by the Holy Spirit. He carried Mm -hmm. the anointing. He showed us the way. He showed us the power of the resurrection. That's how he made all those miracles take place. That's Mm -hmm. how the healing left his hands and opened in blind eyes and healed the lame and opened the, the deaf ears and made the dumb to talk and cast out demons and healed the sick. He did this through the power of the Holy Ghost, which he received during his baptism. And we are to follow in his footsteps. But when Jesus was on the cross, he was made sin so that we might become righteousness. And at that moment that Jesus was made sin for us and cursed on a tree, the spirit left him because Mm -hmm. the Holy spirit could not dwell with him and the spirit left him. And Jesus died completely alone. The enemy was against him. The spirit of the Lord had left him. He cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus is the only one who has ever been truly alone. Mm -hmm. Even the sinner, even the sinner, Scott, has the company of the devil. Even the sinner has the company of the devil. Jesus was the only one who was totally alone. And he wants us to experience that power of his resurrection. When they went to the empty tomb, that was a sign and a witness of the power of God. It's spoken about, Scott, Mm -hmm. in Romans chapter eight and we're going to cover this in Lent. we may not get to all of it today but in this series that we're on we have to talk about the consecration that occurred on the day of pentecost when all of these believers and let's talk about these believers god these believers had walked with jesus some of the disciples the 12 had walked with jesus for three and a half years They, and let's take Peter, for instance. Scott Peter confessed in front of the other disciples that Jesus was the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ, the son of the living God. Mm 
He confessed with his mouth. He believed in his heart. He fulfilled all the criteria for salvation, did he not? He did. He did. And then when Jesus was here on earth, he spoke to Peter and he said, Peter, I prayed for you that after I, you know, because he was telling Peter what was going to happen when he was crucified. He said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. You're going to swear you don't even know me. You're going to run away and hide because the enemy's hour has come and the darkness has fallen and it will appear that God has left you and you will deny knowing me. But I have prayed for you that after you are converted. Now think about that word, Scott. (laughs) Why would Jesus use the word converted to Peter who had already confessed that Jesus was the son of God, that Jesus was the Messiah, that Jesus was the anointed one, that he was the one to come and free the people from their sins. Was that not conversion? Why would Jesus, why would Jesus say, Peter, there's another conversion. Peter, there's another point in your life, a conversion point that you need to make. Scott, why would he do that? It's because Peter needed to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the power of the resurrection. Amen. Amen. You know, that we preach it today. A lot of preachers mistakenly preach that, Charles. And, And let me, I'm taking my time with this as well as you are, because this is a touchy subject. But we've got to dispel the rumors. We've We've got to destroy the myths and the false information. We're taking our time. But a lot of preachers here and a lot of denominations will say, well, he's talking about when Jesus finally dies on the cross. That's when the conversion occurs. But that is mistaken, Charles, because we forget how to rightly divide said word. When John chapter three comes along, Jesus makes it plain to Nicodemus this conversion process that we mistaken. He goes through the whole thing. If you if you believe If you'll believe on the son of God, you will be born again. Something Nicodemus was like, what can I do? I got to crawl back in my mother's womb and start over again. And Jesus is trying to get him to understand the spiritual nature of a process that can happen now. At the moment you believe Christ was the son of the living God, the anointed one, the Messiah, that particular conversion has taken place. It didn't have to wait till the cross happened. The cross seals the deal in the physical realm, but they could already be born again then. Charles, he's making the distinction, just as you said, that there's a conversion process that's going to happen in the future that Jesus's death and resurrection on the cross makes possible, which is the fellowship of the third person in the Trinity, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that day in the upper room. And Charles, that's what he's trying to lay out. If we'll, if we'll just trust and believe and listen to what we're saying, would you agree with that? Maybe you can explain it better. No, it was wonderful. I'm so glad you said that you did a great job and I want people to understand something. Uh, A lot of people, they, they talk about the day of Pentecost as though it was one time incident. Yep. That it happened once in history and it's never happened again. But if you read the book of Acts, that same baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, it occurred more than once in the book of Acts. 
Yes. Acts chapter 19, they were saved. And they were speaking, and Paul was speaking to them. He said, have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost? And they said, we have not even heard of the baptism Mm. of the Holy Spirit. All we know is the baptism of John the Baptist. And he said, John the Baptist baptized you with water and indeed baptized you under repentance, which is salvation. He said, but there's another baptism and experience that God wants you to, to, he wants you to be a part of. And it says while he was speaking to them that the baptism of the Holy Spirit fell on them at that moment because they believed the words that Paul was saying and they began to speak with tongues. So this is not a one-time incident, Scott. Matter of fact, matter of fact, it says, and Peter said it on the day of Pentecost, that according to Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said, for this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Scott, have you been called by God? Yes, 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 yes. Then Hallelujah. this promise is for you. Absolutely. Listener, if you believe you have been called by God for salvation, then Peter was speaking about you here in verse 39 of chapter 2 of Acts. This promise is for you. As many as the Lord our God shall call. There is a conversion process. There is a consecrated holiness that only comes from God, Scott. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a level of pursuit with God that cannot be attained outside of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I will be as bold as to say it this way. Those that are listening that have made a decision to pursue God in a higher, deeper relationship, Outside of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you will get no farther. You will be stymied. Your walk with God will come to an apex. You will not be able to move forward without the consecrated process of that fire of God coming down, just like it did in the Old Testament for Moses when he sanctified the tabernacle and God's consecrated fire fell. On the day of Pentecost, it said that fire appeared upon all of those that were in the upper room. That was the consecration process, God. Mm-hmm. There is a level of holiness that cannot be achieved. There is a deep relationship to God that cannot be achieved outside of this experience. Amen. Amen. And to add to what you're saying, there is a level of witness that you cannot do in this world without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, after that baptism, you shall be witnesses unto me. Charles, one of his very last discourses before he ascended up into heaven, he told the people, not just the 12 disciples, because today preachers have also said that that baptism was just for those in that upper room, just for those disciples and that's it that's it and it it died after that it was done and charles we forget that he was on a hillside speaking to hundreds of people not just the 12 
but hundreds of people that were gathered there that day knowing something was going to happen. A lot of them didn't know. They, they just had something in their spirit like, oh, Jesus is standing on this hillside. Something's about to happen. I, I got to see what's going on. And they all gather around there. They don't, a lot of them don't even know he's about to ascend. And he's giving them the last of their discourse. Uh, you know, and the last words that a person says are a lot of times the most important. The thing, right. the thing that he wants you to know the most because it's that important. And he said this, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, it's expedient that I go. I've got to wow. leave. Expedient. What does that word mean? It means basically that it's important. I've got to do this. No fail. I've got to go. Why? Because the promise of the Father cannot descend upon you while I'm still here walking the face of this earth. I've got to go. I'm going to go prepare a place for you when you, when you pass away. But he's going to come. Who's he? He is the comforter. He is the Holy Ghost. He is the, the sweet, wonderful baptism in our journey. He's going to come, and he's going to lead you to all righteousness. He's going to put a fire in your soul. And, Charles, you see the difference. Let me, let me take a minute just to say this. You see the difference. We're talking about conversions. Let me, let me calm down a minute and say this. After, this is after Jesus had done died on the cross and done rose again. Look at the difference with me a minute. Charles, let's, let's take Peter. I pick on Peter a lot because I, I feel the kinship with him <laughs> the most. Yeah. But let me pick yeah. on Peter a minute. Even after Jesus died and rose again and have, had appeared to these people, they're still running in fear. They're still hiding in rooms. They're, they're still gathering secretly because they're afraid and they're scared and they're worried. And Charles, he tells them, go to the upper room and tarry and wait for the Try. promise. And Charles, they do because they know he's the Messiah. Now, as far as conversion has, has occurred, as far as the Baptists, the Methodists, and all these people talking about the birth conversion, this has occurred. You can't say it didn't. He's died and rose again. We've got that conversion. But they're still scared. They're still feel fearful. They're still worried. They're still hiding in rooms. They're still scared to death. They have not changed in person and action from the three and a half years before that they walked with Jesus. But they go to the upper room and they tarry and they wait and they pray and they, there's that pursuit. Well, I'm getting it all in one right here. And they wait and they pursue and they pray. And then all of a sudden, as the sound of a fast moving Russian wind <sighs> comes through the room, yep. fire begins to set upon them. Tongues yep. of angels begin to flow out of them and tongues of men and other languages begin to flow out of them. And look what Peter does. The scared, fearful, frightful Peter who denied him just a few days before and cursed is now standing before 3,000 people with power Whoa. proclaiming that Jesus is the son of God and he is the only way. And he's not afraid and he's not scared and he's bold and he's ready to die for his Messiah. And he's ready to lift up people with weak hands and, and broken legs and raise them up for the dead because the baptism came upon them and charles it's for just like you said everyone it wasn't for just the 12 it's for everyone whom the lord our god shall call you can explain this better than me so i'm gonna hand it back to you oh, man you did such a great job you know the bible states that once they received this power and jesus called it power in acts chapter one he said you shall receive power Mm. to be my witnesses. And so let's put it into application now to the listener. I feel the Holy Spirit stating, do you want power over that fear 
that is yeah. seizing the world today. Do you, do, are you fearful? Do you find yourself laying at bed and, and unable to go to sleep at night because of the fear of the things that are happening in the world? You're afraid you're going to lose your job. You're afraid you're, you're going to, to have to do something you don't want to do to conform to the government's rules and regulations. Are you seized with fear? Do you feel like God has forsaken you? Are you seized with doubt and disbelief? Do you have a hard time witnessing when someone asks you about Jesus? Do you find yourself timid and struggling for the words to say about how you were born again? Do you want to be a witness? Do you want the power over the fear? Do you want to walk in confidence? Do you want to stand with your faith strong in the Lord? Then this baptism, this experience, this consecrated fire baptism that was promised to you is available and you need it and you should have it. It will dispel the darkness. It will get rid of the fear. It will mm -hmm. give you boldness like it did Peter. You will be able to stand in the evil day. You will begin a walk with God that will take you to levels that you have not even dreamed about yet. Yes, yes. And that's what pursuit is all about. And listener, I hope and pray that you are hearing us with your good ear. This is not a denominational belief. This yes. is not a doctrine of some obscure holy roller denomination that we are promoting. This is something that has been given to you by God. And without it, that kingdom authority I spoke of earlier in the podcast, you will not have kingdom authority without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You will not have the power to stand in the evil day without fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he has been given to speak all truth to you, to give you understanding of the word. Do you find it hard to understand the word when you read it? Are there passages in the Bible that you read that are still a mystery to you? The baptism of the Holy Spirit will open up the understanding to those scriptures. Do you find yourself unable to understand some of the word of God? That is what this baptism is for. Only one of the things. But this baptism is the consecrated holiness that we've been speaking about. It's the pursuit of God. Mm. Without it, you cannot pursue God any higher. You cannot go any closer. You cannot fly any closer to the flame without this baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen, Scott. Amen. Amen. Well said. And, and you know, just for balance, we've, we've sort of kind of picked on one side of the church yep. world with this thing. So, let me let me uh, slop over to the other side for a minute. You know, I, I, I'm going to tie something in here. God help me. This is so good. I don't know if I'm smart enough to deliver it, but but this this is so good. You know, an evident sign of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's many. There's many. But but let's dispel what's not an evident sign of the baptism. of The Holy Ghost is not rolling around on the floor, barking like a dog. That is not the Holy Spirit. When, when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you don't want to run into a corner somewhere and, and, and begin to uh, manifest the gifts of the Spirit locked in a four-walled building. Charles, I, you know what I'm saying here. When these people got baptized and these people got filled, 
they rushed outside. They ran outside. They ran to places and began to tell and, and show and witness and testify. It's, it's, it doesn't just relegate you to see this. You know what I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about. I'm trying to be careful. But we don't want to just relegate when you're baptized. It doesn't want to make you go into a four-walled building and just stay there and hide and do your thing. There's an evidence sign. Charles, notice. I'm going to tie this in here. The pursuit. An evidence sign that you are being filled with the Holy Ghost, that you're being immersed in him and in his presence is a fire of pursuit that you didn't have before. Notice those people, Charles, they, they begin to, to uh, go deeper for, for Jesus. They begin to pray and seek God with a fervor and a passion that they didn't have before, something that can't be manifested by human means, by human heart. But there's a burning and a yearning to get to know Jesus. Look at Paul the Apostle. We can all agree he was filled with the Holy Ghost. He was manifesting the gifts of the Holy Ghost. He was walking in him. And even after all the things that he'd done for walking for years with Jesus, Charles, he'd seen people saved, healed, delivered, dead, raised, all manner of miracles performed in his ministry. And yet at the, at the end of it, he says this perplexing sentence, I'm still trying to get a what get a hold of what got a hold of me on the Damascus mm-hmm. Road. I, I've I've not got filled to that point yet. I I want to grab a hold of what grab a hold of me. I want to apprehend what apprehended me. At the very end, he's still burning, yearning for that pursuit to get closer to Jesus. And that's one of the evident signs. Charles, what we've shown on TV these days from quote-unquote Pentecostal churches is not even close to the resemblance of what we're talking no. about. Would you agree? Amen. It's not just a visceral emotional experience that we are pushing, listener. We are talking about the power of his resurrection uh, evident in your life. We're talking about the ability to be a witness. We're talking about the hunger and thirst that I said should be in a true believer. That hunger and thirst for righteousness, that want to, that desire, that need to get closer to God. This is where it comes from. This is where it comes from. You want to be sealed till the day of redemption? You are sealed by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You are sealed as one of his. You are made more of a child of God by this conversion that Peter underwent during the day of Pentecost. And it is available to you. Now, I know we have been speaking to most listeners that have not yet experienced this. And uh, if the Lord tarries, then next time we're going to talk about the other side of the coin, (laughs) but the abuse of it also, because just like Scott said, what you see pictured today, what is being, uh, what is being pushed today in the Pentecostal belief is a visceral emotional experience that amounts to nothing, but rolling on the floor and speaking in tongues and jumping over the pews. But that's not what the ministry of the Holy Spirit is all about. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is described in Ephesians chapter 4. The the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to put you in the armor that's described in Ephesians chapter 6. The power that we want you to walk in is described in Romans chapter 8. And if the Mm. Lord allows, we're going to cover all these things because... If you are truly wanting to pursue God, if you have a desire to go up higher from glory to glory with God, then you will not 
run from this experience. You will not hide from this experience. You will want to be consecrated unto God. You will want to be set apart. You will want to experience that level of holiness that only comes through power of the Holy Spirit. There is a holiness that is achieved, and, and I'll say it again for those people who've been listening to us. There is a sanctification holiness that is achieved by your obedience to the word of God. Mm-hmm. As you walk with God, as you begin to repent of those things and remove those strongholds and get rid of those habits and uh, and as you begin to overcome those things in your life that go against the word of God, there's a sanctification holiness that is achievable through your love for God. But the love that God wants you to experience, the love that give the disciples the ability to lay down their lives for Jesus Christ, the ability to put your life out there. Paul, the apostle, went boldly to the chopping block and laid his head down on the chopping block. And the reason that he had the power to do so and to state that I have finished the race, I have fought the fight, and I have finished the course that God has given me. The boldness that give him the ability to do that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you want that evident in your life, if you want to reach a level of power that you cannot, a power to love your enemies, to do good to those who do wrong to you, to forgive those who are unforgivable, to love those who are unlovable, to pray through, to experience God. It comes from the communion of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Once you are born into the Holy Spirit, He begins to send you on a journey of pursuit of God and a level of holiness that you cannot achieve otherwise. And that's what Scott and I want you to experience. And we're almost out of time on this particular podcast. But I hope I have whetted your appetite. I hope I have made you thirsty. I hope that I have caused in you a desire and a spark to say, maybe there's something to this that I did not know before. Maybe there's something to this that I need to experience. Maybe I have ran away from this too long, but I want to be closer to God. I want to pursue the father. I want to get closer to God. I'm telling you right now, person that's listening to me that wants to go up higher. You can't go up higher without the Holy spirit. There is no fellowship. The Bible declares in Romans eight, that no one knows the heart of the father except the spirit Hmm. and to whom the spirit reveals the heart of the father too. And if you want to pursue God's heart, if you want to know the secret things of God, if you want to experience the deep things of God, you cannot do so out of the fellowship of the Holy ghost. Amen. Scott. Amen. Amen. And And I know we're running out of time. And, and at the risk of sounding cryptic, I don't want to be, but but with what little time we have left, Charles, let's let's end it with this. As you've explained so well and, and tantalized the people of this next step, of this next part of the journey, that we, I, Charles, I, I've got to speak from my heart for a minute. I, I think we're coming to a place, and help me explain this, 
but I think we're coming to a time and I think we're coming to a place that we for <coughs> so many years relegated something like this to, ah, that's what they do over there in that crazy church. Or yeah. if we do believe it, you know, ah, well, you know, that's, that's something if you want to go after, you can, but you necessarily don't have to. And that's the kind of mentality that we've had for a long time. But Charles, I, I, I do believe, I'm not trying to sound like a prophet. I, I'm not trying to be a prophet, but I do believe with all my heart that we are coming to a time and a place yeah. and events yeah. are unfolding before our yeah. eyes and things yeah. are taking place and being instituted, yeah. Charles, that I'm scared to death. And I hope you hear the sincerity in my voice that I'm scared to death that if we don't pursue this power, we are not going to have the power to stand in these last days when, when they come to you and force you to make decisions that, that, you know, are going to be based upon how you're going to live your life and how it's going to affect your family versus how it affects God and his feelings towards you. Are we going to have the strength to take a stand, make a stand like Paul did where he might've been on his knees with his hands tied behind his back, but in the spirit, he was standing boldly and confidently with power I know I'm about to die. I know they're going to shot my head off, but that's okay. I've run the race. I've kept the faith. I know he's happy. I can feel him turning and churning inside me, waiting for me to cross over. And I know I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth has laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Charles, we've got to be pursuing, if I can use that word again, this, this presence, this power, this baptism, what's coming is so bad and so strong. We need him. It's no longer an option. Would you help That's me? Right. This, Man, I'm so glad you said it. It's no longer an option. You know, let me see if I can bring out the bullet points of what the Holy Spirit has said today in this podcast quickly, and then I'll have Scott pray. But I'm going to tell you right now, the Bible or this podcast started out with God is near. The nearness of God, the opportunity to seek him is still available. But you must take advantage of this opportunity. What opportunity yes. are we talking about? We're talking about a closer, more intimate fellowship with God through the Holy Spirit. Just like Scott has said, there is coming a time where fear will seize this world, where they will pass laws and judgments, where they will take away freedoms. And listener, the law of God always supersedes the law of man. Yes. And God will not hold you guiltless if you decide to follow and conform yourself with the world out of fear and think God will say, oh, it's okay. God expects you to stand for what is right. Stand for what is true. Stand for what is holy and just. And there are people out there right now that are telling you they are Christians, but they've compromised on their faith. They tell you they're Christians, but they they support things like abortion and homosexuality. Yes, and they yes. tell you it's okay. And they tell you that God no longer holds you accountable for such things and that God doesn't see it like he used to. Those are all lies straight from the pits of hell. Yes. And the only way that you're going to stand today for the truth, the only way that you're going to have faith when Jesus returns is through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want Scott to pray. 
I want him to pray that we take advantage of this opportunity, that we're not like those foolish virgins that didn't take time to get that extra cruise of oil. I need that extra cruise of oil. Scott, you need that extra cruise of oil. Listener, you need that extra cruise of oil. You need the Holy Spirit living inside of you to give you boldness, to give you the authority to speak against the enemy, to give you kingdom authority, to give you the ability to stand when no one else will stand, to speak the truth when it's uncomfortable, when it's unpopular, when it's deemed hate speech and made a crime. Will you still stand with the power of the Holy Ghost? You will. And I hope you've experienced And Those who have experienced the baptism, are you constantly being filled? Are you still being filled? Are you going back for the refreshing? Are you letting your well run dry? It's time to go back for a refreshing time (laughs) in the Lord. There are times of refreshment in the Lord. And we need to go back and get that extra cruise of oil before the opportunity is gone and all the stores are closed. And like the foolish virgins, we bait and bang and we beg and there's nothing for us to have. I don't want to be in that shape. Listener, I don't want you to be in that shape. Scott, would you pray for us? Father, we thank you today for, for this word. We thank you for this door that you have opened of opportunity God, only you have the key. I hope we understand this, Lord. You have the key to this door. Only you can open this door. The knob on this door only fits your hand. We can't open this anytime we desire. Lord, we appreciate and we thank you so much for the opportunity you've given by opening the door with your own hand. Lord, we need this baptism. There there are those out there in, in so many different levels, some have never heard this. Some some have heard this and never tasted it. Some are not filled. Some some got filled. And Lord, they, they kind of think of it like the salvation experience. It was a one-time thing that happened 30 years ago, and they've not even been going back anymore and getting refilled. But God, we, we need this opportunity. You know we do Amen. to be filled again. Well, hey, Lord, all of us that were once Holy Ghost filled a long time back and exceed that baptism, Lord, it's time for refreshing, isn't it? That's what you're saying. We need to go back and get refilled again. And, Lord, there's so many people out there that have never been filled, that have allowed people to talk them out of it, to turn them against it. Lord, I pray that you open their eyes, open their hearts, open their ears today with this word. Put a fire, put a desire in them to go after this baptism. Lord, I I pray, I thank you this morning, Jesus. I I, I ask you to do me a favor, Lord. I know this sounds strange, but I ask you to do me a favor, Lord. I ask you for every person listening, I want you to tantalize their soul for just a moment, Lord. I want you to put a, a, a yearning in them, Lord, that they can't sleep good unless they go after this. They just did something's not right through the day unless they're thinking about this and going after this. Lord, that's what I ask. I ask that you you pursue them like we need to be pursuing you right now, Lord, and that they will go after this baptism. Lord, I pray right now. Lord, we, we've got so much to lose. Actually, we've got nothing to lose and so much to gain by this baptism. And, Father, I pray that you help us to walk through this door that has been opened this morning. Lord, that we take these words, that we take this gift, this promise that your son died for. Your son died. 
on a cruel old cross to give us this gift. It's for everyone, everyone, black, white, Asian, whatever, the, whatever race they may be, wherever background they're coming from. It's for everyone whom the Lord our God shall call. <clears throat> we thank you this morning, Lord, for this word. Help us to walk through this door. I pray every person listening walks through this door. We give you the praise and the glory for this gift, this promise, this wonderful plan of salvation. We give you praise in Jesus' name and amen. Amen, amen. Listener, I hope you have heard what the Holy Spirit has said today. Hope you will receive it and pursue God even deeper than you ever have before. Whether you have never been baptized or it's been a long time since you've been baptized, it is a closer walk with God. We need that extra cruise of oil. Thank you so much, Scott, for your help with this podcast. Thank you, Father, for speaking to us today through your Holy yeah. Spirit and through your word. Listener, I encourage you, seek out the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he's near. Use the resources that I will have listed in the show notes of this podcast. We have blogs. We have YouTube channels. We have Facebook page. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter at Cry the Watchman. I want you to know that we care for your soul. Help yes. us to get this word out. Share this word with others. Help us to be a productive part of the kingdom of God. You will be rewarded. You will be a part of our ministry when you share this word with others. I want you to follow the Lord. And if the Lord tarries, we'll come back next week and speak more on the pursuit of God and the power of his resurrection. But until then, I want you to know that it is the prayer of the key of David. It is the prayer of the Watchman of the Wall Ministries that each and every person repents for the kingdom of heaven is at hand.